As a pet photographer and an animal lover, you're painfully aware of the limited lifetime that we get to spend with our pets. We wish that they could be around forever. We know they won't be. It's often one of the most powerful reasons our clients hire us for a photo shoot. So how do we communicate it with sensitivity? In today's interview with Sam Jacobson of ID Action Consulting and the Own Your Business podcast, we dive into this and so many other questions about navigating buyer psychology for higher conversions. He's an absolute expert in sales, pricing, and communication, so you definitely don't want to miss this one. And by the way, the extended episode is packed with some amazing tips and inquiry responses and using testimonials. So definitely make sure you listen to that one for club members. Before we dive into this episode, though, we just wanted to remind you that the 2022 International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards are now open. Entries are free for everyone and open worldwide, and we have an amazing panel of judges and prizes up for grabs, so head on over to thepetphotographersclub.com slash awards to find out more. Entries close on May 31st, so make sure you don't miss out. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Season 12, Episode 8 of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty McConnell. And I'm Caitlin J. McCall. And today we're chatting to Sam Jacobson of ID Action Consulting. Welcome to the club, Sam. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate being here. Well, we're so happy to have you on. As we were saying just before, you know, we hit record, you're not a pet photography expert at all, but we were saying it's it's really interesting in what can become like a very insular industry where we're always talking to other pet photographers. It's nice to get a guest on board who has a bit of knowledge um, outside our specific niche. So we're really keen to pick your brain today. I know you're an expert in sales, pricing, copywriting, all of the above. So yeah, interested to get your point of view on our little industry. But I think maybe let's just wind it back and if you could give a little introduction into who you are and what you do in your words. Yeah, fabulous. So I think you said it pretty well. Sales, pricing, copywriting, that's my jam. I've been working in hospitality since 1994, which kind of ages me a little bit, but gives you some perspective. I spent about a dozen years in restaurants, and then I got sucked into the event world, and I never left. As an event professional, I'm exposed to lots of different creative fields, and photography is one of those. I personally worked in venues. I've worked in catering, planning, design, decor, floral. And over the last five years, I've had my own business partnered with my wife, a fellow sales and copywriting expert. And we do coaching, consulting, and and website copywriting for event professionals. But we spend probably about half of our time working with photographers who are, if there's anything that they like more than gear, it's probably education, as you guys know, with the podcast. <laughs> and so we, we've had a lot of work with photographers. And while we start working with them on the event side of things, many photographers, even in the event space, have additional streams of revenue using their camera. And that could be portrait work, could be commercial work, could be lifestyle or branding work, interiors, things like that. So we have some experience with 
areas outside of the event space. And I'm sure I'll be able to help provide some perspective, especially into areas that you don't often hear. Yeah, awesome. So, Sam, I want to start maybe at a weird spot, but (laughs) with where you see in all your interactions with photographers and helping them, where you see them kind of making the biggest mistake um, when it comes to selling um, their work and their services? Sure, that's easy. They think that the photography is what sells the work. They think that the product is what is on the mind of the buyer when they're making the decision. And they think that if they can provide better photographs, that they're going to have more bookings. And that's just not the case. That's not why people make decisions, at least in the moment. Well, that was not planned, but a perfect answer because my first note of like things to talk about was um, uh, buyer psychology. So you've just led completely into that, which is perfect. So let's um, start with that, if that's okay with you then. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm, I could talk about buyer psychology all day long. I'm actually nearly completed a uh, certificated program with Texas A&M University for applied behavioral economics, which is the intersection of psychology and, and, and business, sales and marketing, pricing, those kinds of things. So this is one of my favorite things to talk about, and I'm probably best known for it in my line of work. This is my little secret sauce that I add to the mix. Well, I'm a massive business nerd and my ears were like, oh, oh, what when you just said all of that? (laughs) So that's very exciting for you. But let's dive into this a bit more. So, okay, we see where photographers go wrong. So what should they be looking for instead? And what's your advice there? So the photographs are a surface level want that the buyers have. You know, a buyer will come to you and say, I want a photograph. And yes, they do want the photograph, but they're really looking for some other thing that they don't know how to articulate, or at least they haven't said yet. You know, and I don't know. I mean, let's make it a conversation. You tell me, why do you think people get photographs with their pets or have photographs taken of their pets? Well, often what we see is that it's for the future. I mean, we, our pets are not around as long as us. And so it's for memories a lot of the time to be able to relive the joy that their pets bring to them now that's something that we we see a lot and hear a lot from our clients yeah and so I, I would imagine that would be the case right people you know want to relive their wedding night or their you know 40th anniversary birthday party that's why people get photographs is they want to look back on them in the future and so some things that you could do during the sales process or on your website which is really an extension or, you know, early upstream part of the sales process is to start talking about those things that people really need, like the memories to look back on. Your pet won't always be around, but the photos will. Or, you know, trying to get those in-between moments that you can't take when you have the camera yourself. Whatever it may be, you almost want to paint a picture of what it is that they're trying to relive. And then you want to go through and you want to amplify or or agitate that problem, your problem being unmet desire that they have. And so that's really the focus early on on the website and in the early stages of the sales process is getting people to express and articulate what they actually want and need. And you can do that by suggesting what other people like them want and need. When you open up that conversation, you can then get them to start sharing how important this is for them. And as they're doing this, they're actually convincing themselves that they need your product more and more and more. And the more they need your product, the more they value it, the more they value it, the more willing to pay for it. Okay. So Sam, just when we started going through that, I was here thinking like, yes, I totally agree. 
but it's something I always found really difficult. Like, how do I say, hey, guys, remember, your dog's not going to be around for much longer. Like, I could never articulate that in a really, you know, sensitive way on my website. But then you mentioned sharing stories of other people like them. So now I'm thinking, oh, actually, testimonials would be a really great way to put that message out there. So is that what you meant or you're actually saying, no, no, find a way to, to say it. Both. You could do it both ways. I'll take the second part first and the first part second. So testimonials are excellent. You know, the best way to sell your services is to have somebody else do it for you. It takes the edge off. It lowers the psychological reactance, that defense mechanism that people naturally have to being sold to. And so if you can get a testimonial to say what it is that you know that other people are feeling or thinking when they're reading it or hearing it, then that's going to be several times better than you trying to persuade them or convince them that they should buy your services. So those are always good. And people should use more testimonials in more places. You should be using testimonials in your social media. You should be using testimonials in your blog content, providing case studies on your website. Use it obviously in your website. You can use it in proposals or um, even on your invoice where people want to you know, make sure they feel 100% certain that they're making the right move before they give you their credit card. So you can use testimonials. Testimonials are a form of social proof. And social proof is one of the most powerful forms of influence that we have. It's able to persuade people to feel comfortable and follow the herd which makes people feel safe and reassured. It lowers the risk, increases safety. So that's the you know one way to do it through testimonials. But another way you could do it, and again, I'm just thinking off the top of my head because I've never personally sold pet photography before. But what I can tell you is that you would want to ask questions to elicit kind of emotion that you know that they probably feel underneath the surface. So you could ask them a question about like, hey, tell me how old is your dog? And they would tell you, you know, oh, she's just nine months old. Oh, what a cute age. Wouldn't it be great if that lasted forever? So now you just brought up the scarcity of time. You could also do it on the inverse because you don't know how old the dog is. So maybe she says, oh, 11. Oh, 11. Gosh, you've had so many great years. Tell me, what are some of the highlights? And then they go through and tell you about the highlights. And then you say something along the lines of, well, I got to tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And I know usually when I hear a dog that's 11 years old coming in to get pet photos, there's oftentimes something going on. Are we passing a milestone? Or was there you know, some kind of trauma that happened that we want to make sure that we capture the moments before we aren't able to? And then you get them talking. And again, I don't know, you know, the specifics of it for, you know, whatever animal you're trying to photograph, but I would imagine that there's opportunities like those and many others along the way that you can tap into just to get the person talking about how much they love their pet and how much they want those photos forever. Yeah, absolutely. I love that sensitive way of um, talking about the the lifetime that we get with them without, you know, as Kirstie's saying, you don't want to say, you don't want to spell it out, but it is something that's in the back of any any pet lover's head is that fear of, gosh, I wish I could have forever with you and I know I don't, I don't get that. I want to go back to the testimonials because I think it was really interesting. I hadn't ever considered using them to the extent that you're recommending, but actually I can see why that would be so helpful, not just you know having our reviews page on our website and then being done and dusted with it. Do you have any tips just to wind it really back, um, any tips for actually collecting those testimonials in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. So when we write website copy, we go through and create communication strategies for our clients. And one of the things that we do before we even talk with our clients about why they think people buy from them 
is we send out questionnaires to their clients to ask them why they bought from them. Because it's much more reliable to go straight to the source rather than ask somebody to interpret it. And what we find is that ideal clients that you pick are very, very open to sharing the information. You just have to ask the right questions. So I'll give you some questions that you can ask. You can ask them something along the lines of, what was the reason that you ultimately decided to choose us over the other people that you were considering? That's an important question to know the answer to because that's your number one selling point. And you, you want to keep track of all of these questions and answers that you're getting from them. And over time, after you get 10, 15 of them, you'll start to see some trends. So you, you definitely want to know the answer to that question. Ultimately, what was the reason why you chose us over other people? Because this is your number one competitive advantage. And in your proposal or when you present your pricing and your packages, you definitely want to make sure that you are differentiating what you offer from somebody else with these top two, three, four competitive advantages. So that's, that's one really great question to ask. Another really great question to ask is something along the lines of what three things, what three words would you use to describe the experience of working with me? And what that will do is develop what's called voice of customer. And those are words or phrases that your ideal clients use when they're describing and talking to other people or talking to you about the services that you offer and why they love what you do. And what we want to do is we want to start to incorporate those words or word tracks into the script or the copy that we're using during the sales process or on the website or in social media. What that will do is if you get the kinds of words that people are using repeatedly into that copy or into the conversation, it'll trigger what are called mirror neurons. And mirror neurons light up inside of our brains when we see something that reflects what it is that we have in our mind or something that we like. We develop a kind of sympathy or understanding, and we go through that same experience when it matches with us, when we see what other people are doing and, and it matches our thoughts in our heads, then it lights up and releases all sorts of good things in our head that make us feel comfortable and confident we're with our tribe. And so what you want to do is you want to put out that voice of customer in those testimonials using those three words as often as you can. Another thing you can do is if you want to look at the downside, you know, what's holding people back, that becomes your number one objection that you've got to overcome and you can prevent that from even being an injection if you put it into your social media or on your website. So if you ask people a question like, what was the number one thing holding you back from saying yes to getting a pet photographer? Again, you're going to get a bunch of different answers, but over 10 or 15 or more, you'll start to see some trends. And you can then start mentioning those objections or hesitations or concerns, anxieties that people have about going with pet photography or your services. And you can start priming them in your social media you can put them on your website. You can put them into an FAQ. You can drop them into your proposal. You can make sure that you're sharing them during a conversation that you have with them. You can put them in your email correspondence. And you're just letting them know very subtly, very non-consciously that you are able to address their concerns before they get to be a problem. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so I was just still, my brain was still catching up, Sam. All right. How would you recommend is the most kind of powerful way to collect this information? So I felt like you were almost doing like a live like interview with these clients when you're doing this, or are you sending a questionnaire or are you getting video responses? You know, what's the way that you're obtaining these responses? 
When we do it, we do it by email. We use an app called Typeform. We use 10 or 15 questions depending on what we want to get from our clients' clients. But you can do it with anything. You can use Google Form, which is, you know, doesn't cost you anything. You can send them in an email and just have, you know, hey, embed your answers below each question, please. Whatever it is that you want to do, you can send it through email. It's a very easy way for people to answer. You could do it on a conversation if you wanted to, if you wanted to connect. You know, my, my experience is that most people who are pet lovers and want to get photographs of their pets or with their pets are definitely going to want to connect to the world through relationships with people or animals. And so having that conversation with them might be easier than having them, you know, spill their emotions onto a keyboard because it's not as personal that way. And I definitely recommend if you did want to do a conversation, you should do it over Zoom or some other video conferencing app so that you can record it. And if you wanted to, you can not only take the audio or the content that they share, the words that they share, you could also take some video clips from there. And if they're comfortable with it afterwards, you can get their permission and you might be able to use the video testimonial, which is way more powerful than anything that you could put in the written word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow, Sam, I'm so excited about this conversation. So I feel like we're already at our halfway point. So we're going to dive further into some more by psychology, maybe how that can lead into converting inquiries to clients as well as closing deals and this kind of thing. But we're going to wrap up part one now. We'll have um, some links to everything that Sam offers in the show notes, of course. So if you are listening to the free half of the episode, just head over to the petphotographersclub.com slash podcast slash 1208. And if you're a member of the club, of course, you can continue listening to part two of our interview, either in the member zone or through your private feed. Don't forget that if you're not a member yet, you can join today. It's just $10 a month and club membership includes tons of perks. So head on over to the petphotographersclub.com to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.